Hi there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball for Thursday, July 16th, 2020. He is Tristan H. Cockroft, the H standing for Happy the Season Starts in One Week. Let's sing a song. Oceans rise, empires fall. <laughs> in one week, we get regular season baseball. I can't stop singing the, the songs from the uh, the King of England. Uh, Kyle Stoppy, Dark King. A small battalion to destroy your fantasy baseball strategy. You normally do. That's why you finished first and I finished second. Uh, Soppy produces and researches. I'm merely Eric Carabell. Living life in the fast lane, but I can't tell you why in the Hotel California. I've been, I've been listening to the Eagles, too. Uh, on today's show, the last major free agent finds a new home, a strange one. More injuries, tests, Tristan's trivia, and, of course, your hash browns. Tristan, let's start the show off today with Yasiel Puig going to Atlanta, which... When I first heard it, I was like, ah, that's something new. I hadn't heard that one before, but it makes a lot of sense. They lost Marcakis. This could mean that they think Freddie Freeman might not be ready for the start of the season. Um, this could move Marcelo Zuna, who costs the team, runs defensively, and moves him to designated hitter. Though Puig's not exactly a gold glover. But um, Puig is like a 15th round pick now in Atlanta. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And as a matter of fact, I put him somewhere in that rank. You know, the crazy thing is I'm scrolling through the rankings and I can't find the exact spot that he is because he doesn't have the little free agent designation anymore. But 15th round seems fair. Uh, certainly a top 150 overall player. Uh, the fact he chose that team, which is going to bolster his runs and RBI potential in the games he plays, I think is a very good sign. They have options now. They have depth. Yeah. And I'm not shocked by it. I mean, we were looking at a situation where Adam Duvall could have been playing fairly regularly. I mean, if he's going to eat up a lot of those PAs, you know, there's room. Know, but like, like Adam Duvall is not a terrible player. I think if Adam Duvall played every day, he would be a one war, one and a half war option. Uh, so I understand what they're doing. Obviously, Puig is better. And we noted on the last show that Puig is one of only three gentlemen with three consecutive seasons of at least 23 home runs and 15 steals, the other two being on Cleveland, right? And, I mean, it was, and the it batting was, average. And the batting average. It was 260, whatever he hit. And 260. So Lindor and, and Jose Ramirez are the others, right? Yep. I think that was the answer. So, uh, no, it was Bet Betts and Lindor. Bets, Betts and Lindor. Oh, so Jose Ramirez didn't have the batting average. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, Puig is a fantasy supplier. He's a top 30 outfielder. So... You know, it, I don't know what he does to Atlanta's clubhouse, but that's not my problem. Um, they wanted him, so they got him. And I, I think at some point, I don't, I still don't know the update on Freddie Freeman. Like, if you're doing a draft today, like, where does Freeman fall to? It seems like other players are coming back from the virus and at least joining their teams. Kingery, Neris, Miguel Sano is back, but Freeman's not. And if you're missing a week or two out of this player, that's that's a big deal. So I don't want to, I don't want to make it too big of a thing, but I don't know what it is, right? If you if you have Freddie Freeman on your team right now in fantasy, are you worried? Yeah, you don't want to have players who miss time, and there is a very realistic chance he's going to begin the season. You know, the when the games begin on the ten day IL, and if that's the case in a sixty game season. Anything hurts. I mean, if we're going to be nitpicking the possibility that Mike Trout misses a couple of games there, we should be doing the same with Freeman. And I, I did move him down about eight spots in my overall ranks. I, I look at him as a third-round pick where he was previously a very solid, consistent second-rounder. 
Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, I, I got to update my rankings. I think Freeman belongs probably in like the 25 to 30 range at best. Um, other players with, uh, with stuff going on, Byron Buxton, your pal, uh, left midfoot sprain. It looked a lot worse when he, when he ran into the wall in center field. I don't know why he's doing that. But um, this guy just can't stay healthy. And it's a reminder, and I, I hate to be uh, pessimistic, but it's a reminder that players that lack durability are not going to be healthier in a 60-game season. In fact, their injury status is going to be worse because if Buxton misses a couple of weeks, that's like a third of the season. And this goes for Stanton and Judge, too. I, I just, you know, I don't see how you can draft Byron Buxton on a, on a standard fantasy league team today. Do you agree with that? Today, with what we know, no, I, I don't think I could comfortably draft him. It's uh, not just the injury, Tristan. Like, he's batting ninth for a team. Obviously, it's a very good deep lineup, maybe the best lineup in baseball with the power. But I don't know how many bases he's going to steal. We know he's not hitting for average because um, he can't do that. And we know he's going to miss some games. So how can you draft it? Like, you want plate appearances in this shortened season and innings pitched. How can you take a guy you know is going to bat ninth and miss one or two out of every five games? So the case I make for him is going for ceilings and when he plays and he will play when healthy regularly because of the defense. He is so valuable to the twins on defense that they need to keep him in the lineup. I want the possibility he gives you a decent amount of, of uh, home runs and of course the great number of stolen bases, but you're right. I mean, I mean, even in that case, at best, he's a top hundred and he's a top one twenty-five pick. If you want to be the ever the optimist, and this goes to ESPN standard leagues where it's easy to find valuable replacements off the free agent list. If I were in an AL only league, <laughs> so I'm trapped in an AL only league tonight. I can tell you, I'm going to be much less interested in him in that than I would be in one of our uh, standard mix ten teamers. How many drafts you got going on, Tristan? Five. So you have five to go in the next week? Yep. No wonder you don't have time for anything else. My goodness. Five drafts in the next seven days. Yep. Okay. Well, good luck with that. I mean, I've got one next Wednesday. I've got one uh, earlier next week. I don't really care about either one of them all that much, to be honest. I have a couple that are online and ongoing. Like, I still have that fishbowl one for football. So, like, I've got drafts online that where, you know, you make the pick when you come up. It's not a big deal to me. Um, I only have two, I think, where I actually have to show up in the room and make some picks. And and one of those, um, I'm kind of rebuilding. I was on the fence. We have 12 keepers in this league. I could have I could have upgraded my keeper list, but I thought, and I did at the last second. I traded for Sonny Gray because I looked at the at the available pitchers that were going to be in the draft, and I was like, my God, there's not going to be anything available. Somebody was offering Sonny Gray at a, at a really big discount. I'm like. I even if it's not for 2020, I'll do it for 2021. If you're in a keeper league that's drafting the next week, people, whether you think you can compete in 2020 or not, think about 2021. I traded for Sonny Gray not for this year, but for next year because I had only one starting pitcher on a keeper team out of 12 keepers. Actually, you might say that he's not the guy I should have kept, but I view Sonny Gray as a top 30 starting pitcher, and in a 16 team league, you got to keep that guy. Actually, that's a good point that in a keeper league, 
if you feel your team is not a, a premium contender, I'd say at this point, we're already well past the point in a 162-game season where you would have needed to make moves for next season. It is okay if you estimate your chances next year are better to just go all in on next season from day one. The only the only thing, we, we brought this up, I think, on Monday's show. The only hesitation for me is you need to make sure your league settings afford you the space to put players who won't contribute to you this year. Don't be that person who puts in a dead lineup, like guys who are just not active, like, you know, injured players or, you know, free agents or whatever else. Right. And I just, so I just made a pick in a, I'm in a score sheet uh, league, uh, dynasty league with a bunch of uh, industry people in the fantasy industry, baseball industry. And I just took Corbin Martin. And after I made the pick, I thought, well, that's maybe not the best idea. He's not going to pitch this year, I don't think. And he's not actually a good keeper for that format for next year because he's already pitched in the majors. If he was just a minor leaguer, like I have Jordan Belazovich of the Twins, that's a minor leaguer who's probably not going to pitch. That's a keeper in that league, but Corbin Martin maybe not. So I don't know if I should have done that, but I did it anyway, and, I, and we'll see what happens. Like, There's no like blueprint on how to do this, you know. even in Cooper, keeper leagues. I'll just say this. I, I see a lot of people in keeper leagues just drafting minor leaguers. Go ahead and draft Julio Rodriguez of Seattle if you want. He's 19. He's not going to play in the majors this year. He's probably not going to play in the majors next year. So if you're drafting him, are you really going to keep him? Like in a dynasty format, yes. But like you can take too many rookies in a standard draft, whether it's a redraft or a keeper, and then you're left thinking, well, what's nothing's going to change with this guy. You know, like Adley Rushman, we know when I think he's going to debut, probably late next year at the earliest. So if you keep him this year, just be aware. Like, he ain't going to help you very much right now. I could have traded him away. I ended up keeping him. I like him. That's the thing. There are quite a few players like that, including this year's draftees, who are getting added to the 60-man player pool. And a lot of those are being done just to give those players experience on the secondary squads that these teams will be fielding. But I think people have raised the question, does Rushman, does Spencer Torkelson debut this year? While it is possible... I see it as a team might throw them in there for a couple of games with the idea that next year they're entirely back down on the minor leagues. And then we're looking at 2022. So just be careful making assumptions about when these guys are, are arriving. All right. More injuries here. And again, more assumptions because we don't really know. Buxton says he might be available for opening day. That's one week, people, as I sang earlier. Um, Jacob deGrom had an MRI on his back. He had tightness. He le- left his last outing which is not a real outing. It's against his own team in his ballpark with no fans. It's It's weird. You know, like, I don't know how much these guys are trying. Like, Clevenger gave up a 500-foot home run to Lindor the other day, and Lindor did a somersault at home plate. And Clevenger was just laughing when he gave up the home run. I don't think he cares if he's getting lit up. These stat, There's no stats here. So, like, I'm watching some of this, you know, the highlights, and I'm like, I don't care. Clevenger's winning the Cy Young in the American League, So, which I picked to happen. Hey, I like with, it. With DeGrom, I think there's a possibility of an injuryless stint. The Mets screw up most of these things. But, like, if DeGrom's hurt, don't you have to put him on the injury list? So I'm a little concerned. I, I think, right, if I'm doing a draft this week and you've got one every night or twice a night for the next week, I don't think De- I don't know if DeGrom would be my number two pitcher if I'm trying to win right now. Cole will be number one, but, man, I, I don't know. I might go to Verlander over DeGrom now because of this back tightness. What if he has a two-week injury list in? Yeah, I can't blame you there. And again, that comes down to the shortened year. Uh, back problems also are a bit bothersome with pitchers. We know the Kershaw situation from several years back. It could get worse. It could become a bigger problem. I'm not ready to move him in the rankings yet. But to your point, I'm less comfortable with building my staff around him, especially as a first rounder right now. 
Uh, okay, fair enough. Moving on, Anthony Rizzo, the Cubs has rib inflammation and back spasms, but he says he's had it before, so I'm not going to move him down in my lineup yet. And, you know, in all these cases, I can't find a reasonable fill-in. It's like if Buxton goes on the injury list, there's nobody on the Twins that I really – is Jake Cave even still there? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I'm not going to draft Jake Cave. I, I spent a dollar in an American League-only auction, but that's about it. You know, Rizzo goes in the DL. I guess Victor Caratini can play first, so they can move Bryant over there, and Bodie plays every day. But, you know, no big deal for me. Oh, I just got an email. Uh, let me close out of my email. <laughs> I have a draft going on right now. Somebody just took Max Freed. And somebody what round are you in? Well, we keep – it's not on our site. We keep five, and then we did two rounds of the draft back in February or March. And then I said to the guy, you know this guy, he's in our sim league, he runs this league. I said, why are we still drafting? They're not playing anymore. Let's wait until the, we know that the season is starting because it would affect keepers and all that. So we restarted it this morning. So somebody just took Sean Doolittle. I want to do a closer carousel a little bit. In like, yes. Because I don't think Sean Doolittle is the closer, but I don't know. I actually wrote a um, a closer report that's supposed to run today. I sent it to you too, but you can't open mm-hmm. my emails. So, Oh, I was able to open that one, but yeah, it had to do? a weird attachment. <laughs> you have anyway, to do a second gift attachment. <laughs> maybe Doolittle's a closer, maybe he's not. Maybe your trivia has something to do with that. Well, let's finish the Rizzo part. Any concerns here on Rizzo? And then we'll get to Willie C. Uh, you know, with Rizzo, I've always been concerned about the the possibility he was going to opt out, and we haven't heard a whisper about that, thankfully. But anytime you have injuries, this is a question I have is that I'm not sure we've seen the end of the opt outs and I'm not sure we will even on opening day. I think players have the option after that point. And if a player gets an injury and has other concerns like Rizzo with the pre-existing condition, do they ultimately opt out? Another case, I'm not moving him down to the ranks because I'm not overly concerned, but it's absolutely on my little you know note sheet to keep tabs on over the next seven days. You know, you say that you use the word hopefully. But I don't hope that they don't opt out. I think a player's a player's health is f- far more important than my fantasy team. So if okay. Anthony Rizzo, it's semantics. It's semantics. I'm I, just I, saying I we want to be safe here. I mean, you know, you want to get into the whole how we feel about the the the, the, the safety that's you know of this. Okay, but <laughs> I'm just saying, hopefully for a good baseball season. I want to see something that's not a farce. Yes. But if Bryce Harper decides to opt out, all right, maybe that's a little different. But like, I kind of want like Nikki Pavetta to opt out so he doesn't give up six runs again. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not being mean to you. But man, anybody who opts out, I, I would opt out. I'm all for opting out. Okay, I. But a lot of people don't take this seriously either. So yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that going back to our trout discussion of the other day, if major names begin opting yeah. out like that, then it, it's going to impact the product. And I hope that dilutes the, the product. I assume at this point that trout's going to play because we haven't heard anything recently. Right. Um, one more injury to get to: Willie Calhoun of your Rangers. Uh, doubtful for opening day with a hip flexor. You just wrote about him somewhere. Yeah, I, don't I just where. I just jinxed him as my sleeper. Great. Uh, so that's running today too, right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know when anything's running. I, I, I sent something like four days early uh, this week and it ended up running the next day. It was supposed to run next week. I, I don't know. But Nick Solak will probably be the left fielder for Texas, and he should be. Now, if you said to me, Nick Solak and Willie Calhoun each got 250 plate appearances this year, I think Solak would have better numbers. And next year, I want, I want them both in the lineup every day. Okay? That's my point. I want Nick Solak 
to be an everyday player, and I want Willie Calhoun to be an everyday player. So I'm not saying I, – I just – I think Nick Solak would do different things than Calhoun. I think he has more upside for batting average. I think they both have power. I see Willie Calhoun as like a, like a Schwarber light. 250 with power, but not upside for a lot more. He's not going to hit 40 home runs. I see Nick Solak as a more well-rounded hitter. Is that fair, or am I just loving Solak too much? No, actually, I like that contrast between the two. Uh, Defensive questions for both. I think Solak is a a significantly larger question, especially in left field. Um, So I... Um, There's concerned. defense questions for Calhoun, too. He's, he's, oh, he can be Schwarber. That, and again, that's why I think it's a fantastic contrast. But I, I, Solak really belongs at DH regularly. And you're right. He's better for batting average, I think. Calhoun, I think, gets underrated in the batting average uh, aspect. I think your Schwarber comp is a good one. But it is possible he's a 290-25 guy. I guess. He, could be, he could be all the things that we dreamed that players like Rugnet Odor and Nomar Mazzara could be, but those examples on his own team show the downside of a type like this. I just don't think uh, – he's got much better contact ability than people think Calhoun does. Maybe I'm wrong about Calhoun. I see a left-handed pull slugger like Schwarber who d- doesn't hit for average, and Solak, my comp for him, he's a right-handed hitter. I don't really – I'd have to think about that. Anyway, if you draft a Calhoun, just be prepared. He might miss a week or two of the season. It could be more. We we don't know for sure. Rangers, by the way, the the maneuvering around all of their field spots is very interesting because those are players who are going to be later round picks. Isaiah Kenner Falefa being talked about as a third baseman too. Yeah, and they're saying that is an extreme pitcher's park. Now we won't know for sure until they frankly play next year too, right? I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna know just because they play thirty games at home this season if that's a pitcher's park or hitters, but the hitters themselves seem to be saying that the ball's not flying out of there and, you know, the wind patterns and no fans and whatever it is, they could put a roof on it. Um, that's weird that Connor Falefa is going to play third base. He didn't hit enough at catcher. I mean, I guess he could be the next Josh Donaldson. I hadn't thought about that. But, like, because when Josh Donaldson switched from catcher to third base, we didn't think he was going to hit. We didn't think he was going to matter. What if Kiner Falefa really is Josh Donaldson? They just had to get him out from behind the plate in order for his offense to come around. Wouldn't that be like unbelievable if Kiner Falefa like hit twenty home runs a season and nobody like thought that was even possible? <laughs> that is possible, right? Twenty twenty would be a really absurd year for him. That would be even better than what Donaldson did. What if he became Donaldson? Like like it couldn't know that. It's it's a fair question to ask. I mean, Donaldson really wasn't much of anything when he shifted over to third base. Uh, he showed that hint of production in that final month when he got called up the year before, and people threw him in there as a sleeper in the final rounds. I don't see that happening with Kiner Falefa yet. He hasn't given us that month's worth of evidence, but it's conceivable he makes an adjustment or did either in March or this month. Da, 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 da. Moving on. Uh, time for your trivia question, Tristan. What, uh, or you can sing your own <laughs> song if you like. Da, 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 da. Here is some trivia. <laughs> Oh boy, uh, I'm loving. It. Now I want to watch that again. So we're getting, a, we're actually getting a lot of questions about uh, the pitching categories, and holds comes up a lot. Uh, how to deal with wins, how to deal with saves in your league. So I wanted to do something that that ties and holds. We're going with a little bit of saves and holds trivia. I would like you both to name the six active in uh, summer camps pitchers who have a career total of at least 100 saves and 50 holds so in their careers active players in summer camps they have at least 100 saves and at least 50 holds 
Now, one of these guys, by the way, the seventh was David Robertson, not technically. He's in camp. But he's not technically pitching right now. So I'm excluding him from this. That's why it's six pitchers. All right. Well, Zach Britton's the easy one. Um, Zach Britton is incorrect. So Zach Britton's not the easy one. (laughs) He is five holes away. Zach Britton's not one of the answers here. Zach Britton is not one of the answers here. He is five holds away. Oh, boy. Well, don't I feel stupid. Okay. It's a good guess, though. I like Obviously that. not. There were six right answers, and I didn't get one of them. So it's five not a good guess. Five is a bad guess? By definition, that's a bad guess. That's what that means. I should be shamed. <laughs> Semantic. And semantics. <laughs> I mean, how many guys even have 100 saves? 10? Like 15? I don't know. All right. Uh, you have a guess, Kyle, before I guess one again? Got, wow, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Keep firing. I got, I'm got. i not a hold, guys, so but I really... There's a Carabell paper on this list. Okay, so we can cross it. I mean, I'm trying to think of guys who... Like Sergio Romo. Sergio Romo is correct. He has 129 saves and 178 holds, and he's probably one of the best for the combo this year. Wade Davis was a setup man for a while. He's got to be one of them. Davis is correct. He has 137 saves, 57 holds. You can nail the fringe one. Uh, Oh, the Oakland guy. Oakland guy. Yeah, Soria has got to be one of them. He closed for Kansas City. Joaquin Soria is the monster. That's 221 saves, 101 holds. I mean, like, think of guys like Kansas City had all these guys. Holland is probably one of them, too. Greg Holland is incorrect. Okay, well, then he's not. <laughs> I don't know. What he, I wonder which one he missed at. He definitely has the, the saves. I, I would think so. Yeah, he missed the holds. Yeah, it's hard to find information on holds. Well, we've mentioned the name of one of them on the show already. Yeah, he missed holds. He had thirty-five. Greg Holland. We've mentioned the name of one of them on the show. Oh, David. Well, you said David Robertson. Oh, oh Doolittle. Sean Doolittle is one of them. He has one hundred and eleven saves and seventy-two holds. So we have two left, and one is a Carabelle favorite. A Carabelle favorite? Yep. You love this uh, guy, and we'll be talking about him more on this show. All right. You also wrote about him. I wrote about oh Melanson? Mark Melanson has 194 saves and 72 holds. Let's do a brief closer carousel before I think of other answers. So Jordan Hicks opted out for the Cardinals, and whether he has something wrong with him or is a Tommy John setback or the virus, whatever it is, he's just not playing. And good for him. You know, it's good to see young guys opting out too. But the Cardinal situation, Tristan, is really weird because Giovanni Gallegos is still not in this country, apparently. So I I find it hard to believe that Gallegos is going to be active with the Cardinals in a week. And we keep hearing the name Ryan Helsley, and I think he'd make for a pretty good closer. His numbers last year were good enough. But Carlos Martinez is so annoying. Like, just tell us. Is he – oh, no, I'm not not trying to be mean. It's just like – just tell us the truth. Is he a starter or is he a relief pitcher? We can't move forward until we know. And I, I think the Cardinals have to know, right? I mean, he's got to be in the rotation. But, like, stop saying, oh, we can always move him to closer because we have nobody else. Yes, you do. Ryan Helsley would probably be better than Carlos Martinez as a closer right now. And I think there's other guys in that bullpen that would be too. So Jordan Hicks opting out really has nothing to do with this situation. He wasn't going to be ready anyway. So right now, if you're drafting, say you're, like, Look, in a standard mix, only 15 of the 30 closers are being drafted anyway. Nobody's drafting half of these closers. They're not guessing on Washington or St. Louis. They don't care about Seattle or Baltimore or Florida. And they're just ignoring Ian Kennedy, who frankly was like 
a top five closer in fantasy in the final four months last year. They're just ignoring him. But my point is, are we ignoring like in, in a in an NL only? Are you are you spending more on Helsley or Carlos Martinez? Um, I'm spending more on Carlos Martinez. I think it. I do think it's. Look, I I agree with you. It's it's a very frustrating situation seeing his role bounce back and forth. And I'm not shocked as to why the durability questions are a major thing. I just think that because he's got the experience, because he's, I mean, presumably more proven. I don't know. I I, I think they're going to go with him. I think what they're going to do is they're going to work Helsley in in middle to late relief early on. And if it's a clear shift where he's the better pitcher of the two, then maybe they'll make the flip during the season. You know what's kind of happening here? And I'm not trying to whine. But because the media doesn't have the access they usually do, we're not finding out how managers want to use their lineups or their closing situations or anything because they don't have access to the managers the same way they used to. Or they don't want to waste that five minutes they have with Joe Girardi asking him who's closing because Hector Neris isn't in camp. Now, I was looking at your closer chart like Adam Morgan is next in line for the Phillies. They have nothing. That's one of the worst bullpens in the major leagues, the (laughs) Phillies. So if Neris is not available to close next Friday, I don't know who is. Jose you're, Alvarez would be my guess. You're doing it. Well, the point is, like, nobody's asking Girardi about this because Girardi can't comment on Neris being out with the virus, and he doesn't want to, like, rip his own bullpen and say, well, my management gave me horrible pieces. Like, Anthony Swarzak's going to close? I, I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing. So, like, Washington has two obvious, actually three, Obvious options here. They can go with Doolittle, who's kind of one of their faces of the franchise and, and, and a guy who speaks out in baseball. I really like Sean Doolittle a lot. And his wife. I, I follow them on Twitter and good for them, you know? And then there's Daniel Hudson, who actually did close in the playoffs and got the last out of the World Series. I think Will Harris is not involved in saves. But I don't know which one of those Washington pitchers is going to close. It's a guess. Do you think it's Doolittle? Do you think it's Hudson? Do you think it matters? I think it'll matter, yes. Um, I, I think it's probably Doolittle, but I, I feel inclined to say I'd prefer it to be Hudson. I think they'd be a, a strong bullpen having Hudson be the locked in ninth inning guy and then to mix and match with Doolittle and uh, Will Harris. But that's just my opinion on it. And they could do, they could committee it. And in which case, they divide up their saves and they're, all of them are less appealing. Cause, and you wrote this they are not multi inning types. No. No. And Doolittle, by the way, is is not a great pitcher against righties. I mean, he is susceptible to them. Uh, he gave up a home run while you were saying that. I have him in a sim league. I can't even use him against right-handed pitching, right-handed hitting. Um, Seattle, Yoshi Arana went on the injured list with the virus, and uh, they seem to be clear that he's not going to be ready for opening day. We think it's Matt McGill. And then, I got to be honest, some of the names that they mentioned as potential closers for the Mariners, I'd never heard of. I, 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 I don't like, yes, I'm a fantasy analyst, a baseball analyst, and I admit I had no idea who who is this guy. He's not even listed on the Fangraphs roster resource as one of their pitchers. As like, I, I've heard of Austin Adams, yep. okay, and, and Dan Altavilla, but who is the guy that I saw here in the Rotowire notes? I don't even know who this is. He's not even listed on their roster. What's the name? I got to go through it. Carl, I, I, Carl Edwards is the other one I've heard. I know him. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like, there are people pitching in camp for some of these teams that we don't know. Yeah. 
I, I'm, I'm now trying, like Anthony Misowitz. So I'm going through the Rotowire notes. Rotowire is my source uh, for uh, player notes and news. And there's like five, ten names that are being mentioned here as a fill-in for saves. We assume it's McGill, but Altavilla, Adams, Anthony Misowitz, M-I-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z, was mentioned by Scott Surveys as as a potential closer. He's a rookie um, who had a 536 year at AAA Tacoma. He could actually save games for this team. My point, I guess I'm avoiding. I would take Matt McGill in a deep league or an A only, but if it's not him, like we're going to find some new names here that people have just never heard of. Somebody throwing well in Phillies camp could end up with saves in a week that, that we kind of Brogdon. I'm trying to think of somebody on the Phillies who just might just. <laughs> By the way, the Phillies and the Mariners are two of the biggest headaches for the closer chart because the way we break that down with a current closer and a next in line doesn't give the option for this team has nothing that's clear and it's six guys who all could factor into the race. So then yeah. it's all on the write up. I don't know what I would like for the Phillies on the, our closer on our uh, chart. I don't think it's Adam Morgan, but Morgan's the only proven late in guy. That's the reason he's there. But as written in there, it's, it's the beginning of five. <laughs> I don't even know how he's proven. I'm, I'm sorry to your team, but he is probably your most proven guy after Neris. That's, that's it's probably that it's is. probably Swarzak and Parker. They have closing experience. I mean, Adam Morgan has one save in his career, but I don't. There's no right answer here. Um, is that it for the closing report? I guess we should now. Is there any other situations you would like to discuss? I mean, like I wrote about it in the in the closing report today. Like I think. I mean, the Yankees is not a – we know what's going to happen. We don't know when Chapman's back. So, to me, th- that's still kind of up in the air. And the Mets seem to be saying it's wide open. And it's not – and Edward Diaz is getting hammered in there just, you know, Mets versus Mets games. So, I don't know. I don't feel so – I don't think I'm drafting Edwin Diaz in any league right now. I do not – or Kimbrell. I don't want any part of Craig Kimbrell in any league. He was dumped in my 12-keeper league. Nobody even, like, took him. And he's in the draft next week. I'm not taking him. So nope. let's let's go Orioles and Rays. I, I think your your Rays comments in the closer report were very interesting. And I'd agree with those. Nick Anderson being the presumed closer for the Rays. But the fact that they like to mix and match roles. And I think they're going to do it throughout the game all year. They, you know what I think the Rays are going to do? And I should have written this, but I didn't. I think the Rays are going to use different closers because they want to have guys that don't get fatigued. I I really think they're not going to they're going to try to avoid using Nick Anderson in consecutive days and J.R. Castillo and Jose Alvarado if they're all pitching well. So like that's how they're going to view it. That they have three closers and they will use them kind of in a rotation. I don't know why teams can't do that. Like Kenley Jansen is not going to be available to pitch every day. It's got to be somebody next in line like Blake Trinan or Joe Kelly or somebody. So I think Tampa might do that because they're not saying a word about Nick Anderson as the closer. And everybody's just assuming. that You know, like you get a narrative in the fantasy baseball world. The narrative is that Nick Anderson is clearly the closer. That's just not true. The narrative is Hunter Harvey is closing for Baltimore. That's definitely not true, people. There's so many narratives going around here that I think are just wrong. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think Hunter Harvey's getting saves. We want to take the livest arm. That's why. 
it's no question we're going after live arms. It's presumed that Harvey and Anderson are the guys just because of the numbers. The metrics suggest that they should. And I think that the Rays will probably want Anderson to be closing most nights. But I think you make a, a very strong point here that they are going to mix and match and try and keep these guys fresh for when they need them. The Orioles, is, the fact that Richard Blyer is getting mentioned as a closer candidate along with Givens and Har- Harvey speaks a lot to me about how they might go committee. Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, if the Orioles might win 12 games a season, so don't, <laughs> well, yeah. you just be careful here on how much you want to invest in the Marlins closer or the Seattle's closer. It may not matter all that much. Um, let's answer your trivia and then move on to some hash browns here. Um, how many more do we have left to go? Oh, it was, yeah. The, the question was career total of at least a hundred saves and 50 holds. There were six players who were active in summer camp who were pitching, going to be with teams this season. We have named five of them. The sixth one is the tough one. All right. Um, the five that we named were Doolittle, Sean Wade Davis, Sergio Romo, Joaquim Soria, and Mark Melanson. All right, so 100 saves and 50 holes. Kyle, you got a guess? Or do we need a hint? Is it that hard? I'm going to tell you the team this player is with, if that, because this is not an easy one. That'll give it away, but okay. Do you want me to? I'll tell you the division that he's in. All right, sure. He's in the American League Central currently. I had to guess the division I was going to be in, and I have no idea who I was thinking of. It was just... I was thinking of C-Sheck, but obviously he's a Cub, so that's not the answer. American League Central. Can I take that as a guess? Yeah. Ciszek? Yeah. Steve Ciszek is correct. Well, I thought he was in the Cubs. He is not with the Cubs. He is with the Chicago White Sox. Well, then I feel dumb. But you know what? This show today has made me so embarrassed so far that I don't even know if I want to do next Monday's show. Well, that is why that is a tough answer, because I also think of him as a Chicago Cubs. And, of course, I think of him as a Miami Marlin from when he was a closer. When did that happen? That was one of those sneaky signings that was made sometime in November. And, I mean, it feels like a century ago at this point. <laughs> and you know what? This question came up from... Um, who's the player who retired? Uh, Brad, Zig- Brad Ziegler retired. It was in at the, either the end of October January or beginning 7th. of November. That's where I came up with this question. That's a really January, good question. January 7th, I, he signed. Talk about you know it. what? I should have known that because I, I studied the Kimbrel situation. And I was like, why is everybody assuming Rowan Wick is next in line? And it didn't dawn on me that Ciszek is not in that bullpen anymore. So, all right. How when so I got it him? right, but not the right way. Right. Um, no, when did you say he signed? C-Sheck? January, January. Wow. No wonder we've forgotten it. One year, six million. <laughs> like, I was thinking, like, when Kimbrell loses the job, if Rowan Wick is not up to it, Jeremy Jeffress is a live arm who has closed in that bullpen for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. So that's your good. That's a good trivia question, and and I'm an idiot, uh, Kyle. I'm sure we have some hash browns, and um, I'm sure you would like to ask them if you could, uh, if you could. I would, and Eric, you're not an idiot. Don't worry. Fanboy wants to know what would you set the innings pitch threshold for this season to avoid excessive streaming. That's a really good question. Do any of your leagues did they do that, Tristan? Yep. I think in labor it's a thousand, and, and I don't know what the update is. I probably should have read the emails that Gardner sent out, but I, I know it doesn't affect me because I have so many starting pitchers. So did they change the innings pitch? What about tout? I don't know if they changed the innings pitch threshold there. 
uh, falling up their uh, official email. So in our leagues, uh, we're going with 300. We wanted to allow flexibility so people don't get cornered in case the starters' workloads are small. In my keeper league, we're going with 350. Um, and in labor, we went with... Hmm. So it's like it's, they're playing 37%. They're scheduled to play 37% of the season. Mm-hmm. So 37% of 1,000 would be 370. I'm not that much of an idiot. So, But I see lowering the threshold so you can go with a higher degree of middle relievers here and not have to deal with the bad starting pitchers. So that seems fair to me. Mm-hmm. 300 sounds good. And yeah, I'm not – I know we, we – oh, here we go. Um because nobody's going, pitching 100 innings. We <laughs> are going 300 in – because it was 950 in labor typically, and scaling it down proportionally, he brought it down to 300. Okay. That's a good I, – I, look, he's a great commissioner at Gardner is, and I think that makes a lot of sense. 300 innings is a good minimum. Mm-hmm. And you should do it. You should do it because somebody could just use nine relief pitchers and win ERA, whip, saves. And, and by the way, these pitchers are going to get – <laughs> wins. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, they still might be able to do that. 300 innings is not a lot over a nine-week season. We're looking at 33 and a third, and that's with that first week being 11 days. Right, but we don't expect any relief pitchers that get 35 innings. No, but if you had two aces and then all relievers, like if you guys right. talk about grabbing two at the yeah. top. Right. Like if you, have, if you have pole and a bullpen, you're getting that 33 and a third a week easily. Assuming I don't know about easily. I mean, Cole's going to get four innings in his first couple starts, so... But okay, that's that's fair. Your microwave went off. What's next? <laughs> We've got John and Ben kind of a tandem question here. They want to hold their carousel, wondering if the three batter minimum changes anything. And then Ben wanted to know some non-closers to watch in the later rounds that have save upside. Kind of the same idea. I don't think um, I don't think the three batter minimum affects fantasy at all. I know Tristan disagrees with me, but for for purposes of getting for drafting our players, I don't think it's going to change anything. There are some lefties out there like Kyle Ryan who can get right-handers out too. So I, it doesn't affect the closers, and to me it doesn't affect the setup man. And I'll just name a couple setup uh, guys who I don't expect to get saves that I would want to draft. I keep saying the same names. Yusmera Petit, Drew Pomerantz, um, Seth Lugo. These are guys that – Freddie Peralta, the Brewers – I think it's going to be involved here. He'll get some wins. He'll be like a middle innings guy who get like two, three innings at a time who wins games that way. Um, any guys that jump out to you? Um, yeah, and then I, I guess I'll dive back into the the slight part I disagree with on the three batter thing. Um, darn, who was the guy I had? Brad Peacock was one of the ones that I had. Matt Barnes was another. Uh, yeah, yeah. And let me see if I had the third one for you. Uh, Karinchak, James Karinchak of the Indians. I think there's a lot of a lot of paths by which he could be useful. I don't think Karinchak's a multi-inning guy. I think he's their main setup guy, isn't he? I think he is, but if he's in that role, they might be a little more likely to extend him beyond just the one-inning uh, limit. The two bullpens, by the way, we mentioned Washington's before. I do think the three-better minimum because of Doolittle, what we talked about with the splits – that's going to tie their hands a little bit with strategy. And it's going to do so more in Minnesota. If you know Taylor Rogers' history, it's that he has a hard time pitching on back-to-back days. If he must face three batters in a given day, he's going to have a hard time pitching those consecutive games. It's going to open things up for Romo. Who, uh, who do we expect to be among the holds leaders for this season, Tristan? The, some of the names of 
like like who were last year? Was Craig Stammen? Let me look it up. I want to make sure I get it right. Stammen um, was among the leaders last year, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, yeah, here we go. We have it. Okay. So the league leader, Stammen, there are three-way ties. Stammen, Jake Diekman, and Ryan Presley all have 31 holds. Petit, uh, Adam Adovino, Britton had 29. Andrew Miller, who might close. I wouldn't even mention him earlier. Andrew Miller, in fairness, could get some saves for the Cardinals. Uh, Aaron Bummer could get some saves for the White Sox. Barnes, Will Harris now in Washington. Uh, Butchery with the Angels could, is a good holds guy. Basically, last year's holds guys, I would just add, like, we expect Corinne Shack to get a lot of holds. That's a new name. Mm-hmm. I would say um, whoever's not closing or Washington gets their holds. In in San Francisco, I think Tony Watson's a closer, but Tyler Rogers should get some holds. Trevor got too. Mm-hmm. Oh, darn. I totally forgot about Robert Stevenson for the multi-inning thing in Cincinnati because Michael Lorenzen is a good holds guy. Well, I think Otto, Lorenzen's, you know, Lorenzen could be the sixth and seventh inning guy and get some wins. Either one of the two of them could. I'm not sure which direction to go. One of the two of them is going to be, I think, a very good multi-inning option, and the other is going to be a very good holds option, and I'm not sure which direction to go. Okay. Adebino, by the way, is my pick for number one for for holds through the season. Actually, no, probably yeah, Presley probably is. Adovino and Presley are probably the thing about Houston is like there's no competition. They have a closer, they have a top setup guy, and that's it. And Ryan Presley's not going to close games. Even if like as soon as he gets hurt, I don't think Ryan Presley would go into the closer. I don't know who would, but that's what I think is interesting. Is like you want to draft closers that you know are gonna get saves, and there's almost like no competition. And like that's why I wrote about Ian Kennedy today, because I don't think there's any chance that Someone else is their closer until he, unless he loses the job. Um, yeah. I guess Greg Holland has a history of closing, but like I can't see that happening. So oh, anyway, and, and Soria, who we talked about before, also another one locked in behind what we Hendricks. think is a firm closer. Yes, <laughs> right. I got the right team on that one. Um, okay, is that it? No, I got a few quick hitters here. Anthony has a points leagues question: Giolito versus Corbin. Who and why? I'm not sure why the points league part would would be relevant because in either format, it's pretty much the same. I guess, to me, Giolito is more the upside option. Corbin is safer with less chance to have a floor. The low floor. Mm-hmm. I view Corbin as, as really safe. I've ended up with Corbin as like my number one starting pitcher in a bunch of these leagues, mock, mock drafts. And I'm not getting Giolito... Not because I'm worried about him, but just because others seem to be taking him earlier and viewing him more than I do. So to me, it comes down to security versus upside. I probably would rank Corbin ahead of Giolito too, but uh, I know if, I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know I do in in my set of rankings, but in a points league, I probably feel differently based on the K upside. In this case, thirty three point differential between the two last year, but Giolito made. Uh, Four fewer starts. So on a per start basis, Giolito, I'd have to run the numbers there, is pr- was probably better. And the schedule comes into play then. He is in a much better schedule situation than Corbin. I can absolutely make this case going for the upside. By the way, you, you alluded to earlier disagreeing with me on the three batter rule. Could you briefly explain why? Yeah, that's what I was saying with the Washington and Minnesota things. Uh, oh, okay. Well, the, I mean- the split relief pitchers, hands are tied with types like Sean Doolittle. Okay. All right. And we've got two more players to touch on. Tristan, I want you on the first one. Eric on the second one. We've got a question. How many games does Joe Adele appear in this year? 
And then for Eric, thoughts on Justin Turner. Why is he so low in the rankings? Hmm. I'll give Adele 22 games. I, I, I'm not a big believer this year. I think he's a great prospect, though. I think it comes down to whether Justin Upton's healthy and, pro, and pro, uh, hitting, right? I mean, they should be a contending team, assuming Trout plays. Mm-hmm. And Otani does. By the way, Otani's going to pitch every Sunday. Uh, I think Billy Apple, Apple was on there, uh, was on TV the other day, and he said that uh, that's Otani's going to be the Sunday starter. He didn't say how much he would be um, uh, the designated hitter, but. Adele, see, to me, it's like Adele either plays a lot or nothing. Um, so I think it, I think it depends on Justin Upton whether he performs. And then, um, and by the uh, way, we do we talked about Upton quite a bit a couple months ago. He was uh, a guy who was who was hitting really well. How many text messages are you getting? He was I, hitting. I can't even stop that. I'll tell you. No, we're just we're just hoping the happy couple will kiss. You know, that's all it is. <laughs> you you can't turn your sound off. I, um, for some reason, you can't turn off the messages thing in here. I quit the program, too. That's okay. It doesn't bother me. I mean, let's get Schoenfield's dog in here, too. Let him bark a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't uh, bother me at all. Like, anything goes on these podcasts. Justin Turner, um, I think I think people are viewing him incorrectly. But then again, he's like – he's a guy who can't stay healthy for all season, and that means he won't be able to stay healthy for two months either. But yeah, a, a guy who hits for batting average and some more, more power than people realize. He had 27 home runs last year and he still missed 30 games. So he is underrated, but I don't have him ranked in my top 100. And the reason is because I, if, you're, if you're not durable, you're not going to be durable now. Do, do you really think that's going to make a huge difference? I don't, think, I, don't, I don't feel any different about it than I do in other years, other than if I want to go with the all-in or all-out strategy, go with the risk-rewards, I might be a little more apt to take somebody who's healthy today, if, the, if there's a discount there. I'll agree that Justin Turner is a little underrated right now, but I, I, I can't stop thinking that if you keep getting hurt in a full season, you're going to keep getting hurt in a small season, too. So, but, you know, who knows? It's, it's, and the Dodgers have options. The third base, right? So Turner was way better in a points league too. He was 140th in roto, and he was 105th in points. I mean, and he struck out more than normal last year. Let me make sure that I'm right about that before I say it. Yeah, his K rate went way up for the past. His K rate went up, and his walk rate went down. So that's a little bit concerning when a guy is in his mid 30s. I don't know. I wouldn't take him in the first 10 rounds, but he, he's fine as a corner guy or a third baseman around 13. That's kind of how I view Justin Turner. All right. Um, anything else we need to deal with? Because Kyle left. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm always around. You guys know that. Kyle got so bored with the show, he's like, I'm at enough. No, I'm in the middle of a draft, and Freddie Freeman keeps falling. People are just scared to take him. Where is he falling in that draft? It's a 10-team just redraft league. We're in the sixth round, and he hasn't gone. You got to take him there. Right? I mean, but if he misses two weeks, like, I can't – I don't know. You have that's, to. that's enough for him to fall. Isn't it, Tristan? What if he opts out? Like, isn't that a concern? I haven't heard that. Yeah, I, I, anybody could opt out, though. I mean, that you're making the same argument would for every player in baseball. All right, so you take him. I already took Jose Abreu as a first baseman. He's constantly improving. I mean, 
you know, the other thing too is you could put him on your IL spot and then replace him right now. And at this point in the year, it should be the easiest to replace him. And by the way, in a 10 team league, dude, there's going to be so much out there in free agency. That's why I would take Freeman because even if he does go on the injury list, then pick up somebody who's, you know, for, for the first couple of weeks and nobody drafts. I mean, like, I, I'm waiting in this one league to draft Ryan McBroom. He's going to be Kansas City's starting first baseman because the other guy, O'Hearn, has the virus. And McBroom hitting the minors, and he profiles as that Christian Walker-type first baseman, right-handed hitter who's slugged in the minors, nobody ever gave him a chance, and now he's getting his chance. If Ryan McBroom is this year's Christian Walker, then I get back my smart status that I lost earlier in the show, and I'll have him on some teams in, like, deep leagues. <laughs> so if I'm you, draft Freeman and then pick up McBroom for the first two weeks. We're delaying giving you smart status back until we're talking like at least mid to late August. <laughs> oh, I have a problem with that. Uh, I never said I was smart. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we're done. We, you know, you, get, you always know when you get to that point in the show where it's like, all right, Eric, just shut it down. We've had enough. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our little fantasy focused baseball show. Uh, this was Thursday's show. We should be back on Monday, but like with everything else, Anything could be opted out of, so I don't know. Uh, for the awesome Kyle Sapi, who said some pretty mean things about me today, for Tristan Happy Crockroft, and for Alexander Hamilton, I'm Eric Arable. Have an awesome and safe weekend.